I really do like this work that God has blessed me with, dear sister. However, there are moments when I am amazed how I respond to the assignments within the call. Today's topic is one that I have wanted to explore for a while now. Even before I felt the strong nudging to write about heart transformation, spiritual heart transformation, I, I always wanted to talk about this topic because I started to notice that about myself, you know, like the more I dug deeper into my heart transformation, the more I realized that this is the one part of our hearts that truly, truly, we will probably never understand fully what it is. So even before um, I felt the strong imagine to write about heart transformation, I had always thought about this one particular topic. We are in part seven of the heart transformation series. Can you imagine that? Can you believe it, that we're here? And I must say, I am so happy, very happy that I have been obedient thus far and stuck with the topic that is very dense, a topic that nobody probably wants to dive deeper into it because then you have to take a good look at yourself, which sometimes I, I ask the Lord, why me? <laughs> And then the response, of course, is why not you? <laughs> so the topic is very dense and heavy and very confrontational of how we live as Christians and godly women. It's very confrontational. Some of you probably haven't been listening to the episodes because you get the Holy Spirit conviction. And for those of you who have been listening and working and walking with me on this journey of heart transformation, I just want you to clap for yourself. Clap for yourself because this these episodes can be very confrontational, just to be honest with you. As I talk about them, as I record them, sometimes I'm like, ooh, Lord, like this one is, is really like hitting a nerve. <laughs> and then I have to keep going. So this episode will be no different Okay, it will be no different in that we are exploring today a topic that is buried deep in our hearts, very, very deep in our hearts that so deep that in Proverbs 16, verse two, the word says, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighted by the Lord. Can you guess what we are talking about today? Yes, you did. Now, that is the NIV version. I want to read the Amplified version. The Amplified version says, all the ways of a man are clean and innocent in his own eyes, and he may see nothing wrong with his actions, right? But the Lord weighs and examines the motives and intents of the heart and knows the truth. Ooh, the motives of the hearts the motives of the heart. <laughs> Do you see why I said this topic is like buried so deep? I believe this motives, intentions, besides yearnings that we have in our hearts and desires is one of the areas of our hearts that no one can ever understand as God reminds us of in the human heart. And he talks about it in Jeremiah. No one can fully understand the heart. It is so wicked that we can't understand it. And the deepest parts of us will be those motives that we, why we do what we do. Why do we do what we do? 
Motives and intentions basically are about this statement or question. Why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do? And I know of a famous apostle in the Bible, and we probably, we all know, who vulnerably and honestly asks this question. It's in Romans 7, 15, and I'm going to quote, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Whew. As I researched for this episode, I came across many iterations of writers explaining this phenomenon. Why do I do what I do? And why don't I do what I need to do? Well, I am not here to explain and try to give a bunch of reasons why maybe, just maybe, we humans or us humans do what we do because the Almighty Lord God has already informed us that no one can understand the heart of man. No one can. So why would I sit here and try to tell you why you're doing what you're doing? I don't. I don't even sometimes know why I do what I do. <laughs> But what I know is in this episode, we are going to get a little bit closer to some practical things we can do to start to become fully aware of why we do what we do. So we have to get there, right? So what I am excited about is basically to explore this phenomenon and leave you, dear sister, with the encouragement to invite God to search your heart daily. And I will give you some practical ways in which you can begin to become more aware of your motives and intentions. So let's face it. If only God fully knew and understands the human heart of man, right? Only God, only God knows it. It's not even a matter of if, only God knows and understands the conditions of our hearts. I can come to you today and say, hey, dear sister, how is your heart? And you can give me a, a response that does not go deeper to those parts of you, the motives, the yearnings, the desires, right? Only God knows those things. So if only God knows the condition of the human heart, then what's the point of deceiving ourselves? hiding our motives and intentions. He knows it anyway, and we're going to talk about it. After all, our intentions do eventually reveal our motives. Think about it. Our intentions eventually reveal our motives. It might not be immediately. It might not be now that your intentions will reveal your motives, but the truth comes out eventually. As some people say, the truth will out. The truth comes out some way, somehow, eventually. So remember, your heart is more than your emotions and feelings, dear sister. Your heart is so complex. It is deeper than the conscious mind. It is more sensitive than the emotions and feelings. It needs daily nurturing and affirming. It needs to rest and care. Your heart is where God delights to dwell and you get to choose him or not. So I am excited to get my heart right. And so let's go ahead and dive into motives, intentions, and desires. Are you ready? Come on in. Let's go.
friend. Hi, dear sister. This is Kate Akokadezi, and it is great to have you listening today. What I aim to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of Godly Woman and Company Ministries is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to honor God, serve others, and choose to live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice. And once we embrace others, we can heal as we are healing others too. So I say healed people heal people. (laughs) I want to welcome new listeners, viewers to Godly Woman and Company, where you can experience biblical well-being coaching, discipleship and community with God, grit and good grace. I love it. You can find more about me, the host and founder and president of this awesome ministry at chiefjoyactivator.com, or you can go to www.godlywomanandcompany.org. Yes. (laughs) So I have a few announcements, just a few announcements before we go into what we are talking about today. Did you catch the newsletter announcing our host sister for the retreat? Yes, our host sister for the retreat. If you missed it, search your inbox, Godly Woman and Company, and read all about her. She's an awesome sister. She loves the Lord, and she is so looking forward to serving each and every one of you at the retreat. So this retreat is happening live January 18th through the 21st of 2024, y'all. And this week, I will be signing the contract for our lodging. As you're listening, you probably heard some beeps coming through the audio. That is, and I just, I'm just looking because I have it on my screen right now. That is literally the contract that has been sent over from the lodging uh, 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 place so that I can read it and sign it. So, yep, things are shaping up well, and I give God all glory because it is all faith, y'all, all faith and nothing else. And when I get to see you at the retreat, I will get to share more about what I mean by all faith. It has not been by Kate's might and by my strength. And it has, this is just literally me walking by faith every single step of the way. And it's unlike me. It's taken me a while to get here. And I'm looking forward to sharing more with you in person when I get to meet you in January. Every aspect of the retreat is specifically and specially being curated for you, dear sister. Um, everything. So registration is ongoing until all the rooms are filled. So if you're praying, pray hard. (laughs) If God has already told you to go and you're still negotiating, bargaining with him, here's your nudge. He makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If he's telling you to go and you're not doing it, what are you waiting for? What are you delaying? That's truly a sign that you got to go and come to the retreat. So don't delay. Save your spot, save your room, and I hope to see you in January, okay? So motives, intentions. As always, I want us to define some words because I think it's important. But this time, I won't just explain according to the dictionary. I want to explain the origins of the words too, okay? So first up, motives. Vocabulary.com says that the word motives come from the Latin word motivus, meaning moving, movere, meaning to move. Think of motive as the thing that moves you to act. Pause there, pause, pause, pause. The thing 
that moves you to act, which means there is something or someone already in you that's going to nudge you to act. In addition to that, this is another definition, an incentive to act in a particular way, a reason or emotion that makes one want to do something, anything that prompts a choice of action. I love that one. Anything that prompts a choice of action. Anything that prompts, something prompts you. So when we say, I don't know why I do what I do, or I don't, you know, it, it's not a matter of like, we don't know. It's a matter of us being able to be still enough for the thing within us to show us why we did what we did. Hmm. Yeah. I told y'all that heart transformation is not for the faint of heart. It's basically transforming every part of you, including those parts of you that are so buried deep. You don't want people to know. Why do you say yes to an invitation when you really want to say no? Why do you go and meet up with a friend? What are the ulterior motives? What is behind that? Why, 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 why? You know, we do so many things. And if you really scale it back and look at why, you know that there's so many reasons why people do what they do. Why do I even post on social media? Why do I do this? Why? So many reasons. What's the motive, right? Next word is intention. Intention comes from the Latin word intendere or intentio. I'm, I hope I'm not butchering these, these uh, words in Latin. Both meaning stretching or purpose. This evolved in the French word intention and the English version intend or intention. Also meaning committing yourself to a course of action or plan. Cambridge Dictionary says it best. It says something that you want and plan to do. Simple, 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 simple. <laughs> no need to complicate the English. Simple, simple, simple. Something that you want. First of all, something that you want. And secondly, you plan to do. So, that means that when it comes to intention, by the time you carry out the action, you have already determined that this is what you want to do. This is what you want. And then you go ahead and you do it. It's going to get even more juicier, dear sister, as we go along. I love this topic. These are the biggest words that I needed to explain today. There's one more, but I'm holding that for, for uh, I'll be talking about that later. Think of motives as the why behind an action and intentions as the what or outcome of the why. So we are always focusing on your intentions. As you know, need these days, a lot of us are writing our intentions, our intentions, our intentions. Have you sat down to examine why you have those intentions and why those intentions are really so important to you? Why is a very powerful question. And I think Simon Sinek said it best, right? Why is a powerful question to ask. Have you heard anyone make this statement? Individuals judge themselves by their intentions while judging others by their behaviors. This is a famous quote by Stephen Covey, which totally portrays our challenge with motives and intentions, or better still, intentions and behaviors. So in Romans chapter seven, when Apostle Paul is explaining what this struggle is, he's basically trying to process who he is without the presence of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. 
Who are you without the presence of the Holy Spirit? That's actually a journal question. Who am I without the presence of the Holy Spirit? A great journal question to journal on. We judge ourselves based on our intentions. What if we judge ourselves based on our motives? <laughs> This is getting good. What if we judged ourselves based on our motives? Whew. Would we behave better? Would we be better Christians? Would we be better people on earth? But we don't. We don't sit down and analyze. Well, why did I do that? Rather, we analyze the intention. Well, I really thought it would be a good idea to, right? That's what we do. I really thought. I thought. I thought, I thought, and I remember uh, Dr. Sam Chan, when he came to our church, Victory Church, he would often say that uh, in one of his sermons, he says, I, I thought, what are you thoughting, right? I thought, we always say that, I thought, I thought, I thought. <laughs> what are you thoughting? <laughs> we don't judge ourselves by our motives because we know we fall short. Seriously, truly, we fall short. We know that if we put those motives against the word of God, <laughs> it would cut deep and rebuke us in places we never thought existed in our hearts, okay? <laughs> that is why I mentioned earlier that motives is so ingrained in our hearts. The motives in a man's heart can be so deceitful, y'all. It can be so deceitful. So many relationships to everything that we do in life. The person that's sitting across to you that you're trying to negotiate with them, the divorce proceedings and what you're, you're, what you're, what you're discussing back and forth. And I don't want you to see my card. I don't want you to see my card. All of those things is because our motives are not healthy. They're not, me included. They're not healthy. You know, there's this, we call it hidden agenda that we have. But if we were to start judging ourselves by our hidden agendas, we will know that as, as the word says, we are so depraved in our minds. And that is why we need the Holy Spirit constantly helping us through. The motives of a man's heart can be so deceitful. We think we are choosing God's path his way, when all along we are doing, what we are doing is blindly promoting ourselves, our agenda, taking so many steps ahead of God. Again, we judge ourselves by our intentions and not our motives. And I think we need to flip that. We need to start judging ourselves by our motives. The world, I believe, will be so much better because we will become so aware of how short we fall and how imperfect we are, and why we need a perfect God to help us to become better, to help us to be sanctified and holy. Okay, Key, pull it back, rein it in. <laughs> Let's continue. Here is a bit of an exposition on Proverbs 16, verse 2. I mean, I've already shared some, but here's some more, because I think the Lord wants us to camp here a bit. God knows our inner man, our hearts, our inner thoughts motives, etc. And here's what Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us 
with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Did you catch that, dear sister? God knows what we think about, what's in our hearts, what's our motives, even when we don't know fully what it is. And so the spirit searches our hearts. And it says here that King David, even when he requested God, right? He requested God to search his heart and know his anxious ways. Have you ever asked God to search your heart? Not with your logical mind, but with your spiritual heart and say, Lord, please search my heart. And whatever you reveal to me today, I am going to start making the effort to transform. Our motives, why we do what we do, aren't new to God. They aren't new at all. He knows it all. As naive as we are, we do not know the depth of why we do what we do. And so we only try to look at our intentions, which often it isn't evil. Our intentions, most of us, our intentions are not bad. You know, they, uh, we have like the right intentions. We, we, we want to, we put it out like, oh, this is what I want to do. At least it doesn't start out that way. It doesn't start out evil for most people. I'm talking about most people because some people, their intentions do start out like from the get-go, very dark, very evil. We can start out with a very pure intention, yet if the root system, the motive is corrupt, eventually we become corrupt and then it shows out in our actions. Stop there. Wow. We can start out with pure intentions, but if the root system is corrupt, the motive is not right, the why is not right, eventually it will show up in our actions. So some of the corporations that you see that go bankrupt and are falling and all that, you hear this, you know, they felt, they, they kind of veered off the path. The why is always going to be stronger than the what. The why, the why, the why will always be stronger than the what. And even for as much as we try to camouflage it, it is still going to be that until we actually address what's really in that root system. I want to read an excerpt biblical commentary from BibleRef.com um, about Proverbs 16, verse two. I think it is so good. And so I'm going to read it as they have it. Very few people act with the assumption that their choices are evil. Some do exactly that, but most have ways of justifying their deeds. We always have ways of justifying our actions. The process of making excuses for our decisions makes us feel as if we are morally upright. That self-justification is not the final measure. However, 1 Corinthians 4, 4 says that we may believe our actions are right, but the Lord examines our hearts and knows what motivates us to do what we do. Why we act is as important as what we choose. I just said all that. Why we act is as important as what we choose to do, which is intentions. For example, the Pharisees thought their actions were righteous, right? They fasted and prayed openly. 
but their hearts were not right in the Lord's sight. He saw their self-serving motives and labeled them hypocrites. He labeled them hypocrites and called them out, called out their hypocrisy to them. Okay. So when we look at what it's saying here, even people who can profess the Lord still can be very, very, very far from him, very far from him because of our motives. Jesus told a Samaritan woman that the father seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, in spirit and in truth, coming to him with that humility, coming to him in both your spirit, but also truthfully giving him all parts of you, those parts. He doesn't call you when you're perfect. He calls you when you are ready and you have opened your heart to receive him. An outward practice of religion is worthless unless it is motivated by love for God and is done in accordance with the truth of God's word. It is God, not man, who is perfect and is able to measure our morality. Whew. Fun fact is that we always think our actions are justified until we put it against the standard Jesus has set. Do we do that? Do we put our, our actions and our motives against what Jesus has set for us? We don't do that. We don't go around just sitting around saying, okay, let me just take Bible and see what God says about what is going on in my heart. And then no, because there are other parts to the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, all of that is in our hearts, our perceptions, all of that. And before we know it, we are acting out and we, we don't know why we did what we did. The one place where motives and intentions are put on trial daily is in the courtroom. So I want us to go to the courtroom. This is what the legal system defines as intentions. They define intentions as doing and doing willfully, underline willfully, doing willfully. That's it, doing willfully. The person doing the act is well aware of the consequences, underline well aware. Willfully, because it isn't that the one thing in competition with Jesus being our Lord, right? The will, that's the one thing that's in competition with Jesus being our Lord and Savior. My will, my way, my time, my, 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 my. <laughs> but if we put it against the Lord, he says, you have to deny yourselves. We talked about this in the previous episode. You have to deny yourself, give up your will and take up his will. This is where a lot of us, a lot of us, dear sister, really will need to examine and continue to examine our heart. We must deny ourselves, give up our will and take God's will. So while the Holy Spirit may whisper to us, what to do, we may sometimes exercise our free will. Yep, we do it all the time. Here is how the law, the court system, defines motives. It is the ulterior, underline ulterior, objective behind doing an action. The reason why a person will do something or abstain from doing that thing. 
So I wanted us to underline ulterior because the true reason why we are about to do that act is hidden. It's buried deep, deep, deep within us. And again, only God knows that which is buried deep. Only God knows our thoughts and searches them. He, nobody else in this world can, not even your closest best friend, not even your, 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 your husband who is like very close to you can know those things that are hidden. Very. And that is heart transformation, dear sister. That root system that gets to the core. Here's an example that I have for you. Intention is the thing that you plan to do or achieve. I plan to sleep at eight o'clock today. Some actions might not have an intention. So for example, I'll say, sorry, I slept in. I did not plan to do so. Some actions do not have an intention. It just happened, right? I simply dozed off. We can say that. In the eyes of the law, though, intent is the key element by which criminal liability is determined. In the eyes of the law, intent is the key element by which criminal liability is determined. We'll come back to that. Motive is the reason for doing something, right? And so an example will be, I plan on sleeping early today because I am tired. Interestingly, every action has some kind of motive. So this statement that I just made, that I plan on sleeping early because I am tired. You know, you might say, I am tired, so I will sleep early. I am hungry, so I will eat. I am craving something salty because it's that time of the month. That is motive. Fun fact, did you know that motive is considered to be irrelevant in criminal law? Did you know that? But here's the fun fact, even making it more sweeter. You can have a motive and not act on it. Motive in and of itself cannot deem one guilty until the intent is carried out. But wait for it. But God is on another level, y'all. He is on another level. God is not going to say, let me wait for this person to act out what they are planning to do before I impose my judgment on them. Mm, 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 mm. God does not wait for you to carry out any acts before imposing his judgment. We are assessed and judged right from the get-go, by the heart, right from the motives. So in the eyes of man, you can think about hurting someone as long as you do not carry it out. We cool, we cool. No criminal law is broken. However, in your heart, you have already thought about it and so morally, in the eyes of God, you have already sinned. Wow. Wow. We are held to a higher standard, dear sister, a very high standard. So if we measure ourselves against the laws of the land, it's not enough. Because being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, being a disciple ultimately from believer to follower and being a fully discipled uh, individual, these are some of the things that God wants you to address about yourself, about your heart. And that is the depths of heart transformation. It's getting to those parts that nobody sees, but we act them out every day and people under don't understand why we do what we do. 
This is why we ought to pray and ask for forgiveness often because most of our sins reside in our thoughts. Most of our sins reside in our hearts, buried deep. Most of our sins reside in our subconscious and non-conscious and so on. That is why we always, always ask for forgiveness when we pray because we don't even know some of the things that we have thought about, some of the things that we have done and so on. They may never be carried out in actions, behaviors, but they have crossed our hearts and minds. And that's why we need to ask for repentance. Wow, wow, wow. This is why Jesus tells us to obey the law. However, hold ourselves to a higher standard of living. This is why behavior modification can never be enough. If you truly want to change, you need to submit every part of you, including your motives and intentions to the Lord for full examination and transformation. Wow. So what are some of the major players in our hearts that we are often battling our nature and nurture with? Nurture being the Holy Spirit. The areas of life we struggle with as Christians or even non-Christians can be some of the following. You may have heard about the seven deadly sins, right? Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. These sins can be thought of as the sins that branch off into other immoral behaviors out in our lives today. In our world today, most of us, these have been glamorized under self, in quote. It's been glamorized under self, S-E-L-F-L-F, in quote. And most of us excuse our actions and behaviors based off of the self. Well, I need to take care of myself, so I'm not going out today. Like Self-care is so important. I, I don't have time for people who, who are going to delay me. Self-care is so important. But we hide everything under self and we don't get challenged enough. We are so muted. We are so blind. We are so uh, um, uh, wanting to be comfortable and we don't hear the nudges from the Holy Spirit. And yet we want to experience the blessings and everything that God has to offer. So pride, self, greed, self, lust, self, envy, self, gluttony, self, wrath, self, sloth, self. Let's look at pride. Pride is, how dare you? Do you know who I am? Greed. I deserve to be, to be, I deserve to, or I deserve to be because I work too hard for this. Lust. God created it, then it is good for me to enjoy and please myself, right? Envy. I want what you possess and have. Gluttony, I can enjoy everything to the fullest. You only live once. Enjoy it to the fullest. Fullest. Wrath, I have a right to not talk to him or her if I don't want to. Sloth, there's still time. I'll get it done tomorrow. Maybe the day after, I'll get it done. This is how easy it is for us to deceive ourselves. Focusing on intentions under the disguise of self. But what we really are doing is the ultimate goal of self-gratification. Self, self, self. So what really is the ultimate goal of our intentions then? These are the desires playing our hearts and minds every day 
when we wake up and when we go about our daily lives. Our intentions are mapped out to one of these, either consciously or subconsciously. We wrap our intentions up as dutiful citizens of the earth, striving to achieve in one or more of these areas. And by so doing, we get caught up in the deadly traps. So what are those areas that I'm talking about? The areas that when we wake up in the morning, we are striving to achieve or we are looking forward to working in. These are the areas that we wake up every day striving and wanting. Our intentions are mapped out to them. Our intentions are mapped out to these. Let me tell you. Our intentions are mapped out to money and wealth. Our intentions are mapped out to power and control. Our intentions are mapped out to sex and pleasure. Our intentions are mapped out to identity and self-pleasing. Our intentions are mapped out to prestige and status. Think about it. All that I have mentioned, money and wealth, power and control, sex and pleasure, identity and self-pleasing, and prestige and status. Our intentions, the intentions are mapped out. It's in there somewhere. In there some way, honestly, even talking about podcasting, right? So why, what, what is my intention for podcasting? Yes, we know that God has said I should do it, da, 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 da. But when you go deeper, 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 it is touching something. I would like for people to listen to my podcast and I would like for other people to listen to the podcast and I would like for us to grow. And I would like to, I would like, I would like, I would like what's ultimately there. What's the why? To be recognized. So you kind of, you go deeper and it's like, there's a little bit of self in there. There's a little bit of prestige in there. There's a little bit of status in there. There's a little bit of identity in there. And again, there's a little bit of money in there somewhere. It is all our intentions are always mapped out to something. But we are going to talk about what makes the difference between a healthy one and an unhealthy one. Okay. So don't think about, oh my God, I can't. No, we're going to talk about it. And these areas we focus on, draw vision boards on, design our whole lives around them, and soon we begin to pursue the things that God created for us to be subdued and not pursuing the one who created them. So soon we are, we are chasing money, and we are pursuing the wealth, and we are pursuing legacy, and we are pursuing all these things, and we forget to sit down and allow him to pour into our hearts. We stop pursuing God. So I want to pull in here another subtle way in which why we do what we do can be very silent but deadly. Our desires. Hmm. We don't speak these desires out loud until we are absolutely certain of what they are. But even that, why do you desire what you desire? What is the end goal of desiring that? Think about anything, anything out there. What are you desiring? Desiring to be with another person when you're married, desiring to, uh, uh, you know, covet what is not yours, desiring to, you know, pursue this uh, education, desiring to um, pursue this business venture. What are you desiring? And what is the end goal of what you're desiring? And is it really mapping and aligning to the glorification of God or glorification of self? The definition for desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. A strong feeling when we know the feelings can be fleeting. 
when we have a strong craving, wishing, wanting to have something, it could potentially fall into one of the categories we desire. We desire money and wealth. We desire power and control. We desire sex and pleasure. We desire identity and self-pleasing. We desire prestige and status. And out of these, we see the deadly sins of pride, lust, envy, sloth, wrath, gluttony, and greed. All seven can be associated with these areas we desire and control in. Wow. So what does the word say about desire? In Psalm 37 verse 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. Growing up, every time I heard this, I thought, oh yeah, when I worship the Lord, he's going to give me the desires of my heart and so do that. That is a, a, a very um, misinterpretation that has just spread throughout the world with this particular Bible verse that you know, you, you, God will give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But what we are missing is a bit of exposition around the pre-text and the post-text and what is really happening with this psalm. So let me talk about it. God will not give you the desires of your selfish heart, motives and schemes. No, that's not what this, this Bible verse is. Because the end result of him doing that for you is what? The deadly sins and it's destruction, right? It's the, 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 the destruction is what's at the end. So why would he give you something that he knows is going to destroy you? First of all, he's going to have to reshape your heart. He's going to have to transform your heart and then give you the desires. But now the desires that you have are going to be exactly what he had always wanted for you from the beginning as his child. Those who delight in the Lord desire what the Lord gives, and soon their focus is on the Lord and his blessings, which they enjoy, not on what the Lord will give them. I think it will take a while for um, most Christians to understand this particular song and verse, because it, it's so in, in our culture, it's everywhere. When you turn around, you see it. You know, I prayed for this and God gave it to me. I prayed for this and God gave it to me. I prayed for that and God gave it to me. You know, the question that we need to be asking ourselves is, why did I pray for that? And is it truly God who gave this to me? Oh, I found a way to get it. And now I'm saying that God gave it to me because somehow I found a way and the way happened. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. God will make your desires become what he wants it to be and what he wants you to do. The purpose becomes what God wants and you also agree with him on that. Remember, there is power where there is agreement. God's call for you is to love him and enjoy him forever. Please him. God's desire for you will never be to make you self-centered, self-conceited, and all about you, 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 and nobody else. That's not God's desire. So currently, if you're doing anything in your life that you believe is an answered prayer and God gave it to you and all that, ask yourself that. How is he allowing what he has given you to extend to other people? You want me to continue? Yes, I will. His desire will always cause you to give to others. 
what you are receiving from him. I repeat, his desire will always cause you to give to others what you are receiving from him. If you love God and believe you're working his desires, a good test is a generosity test. When was the last time you generously gave from your heart? Because this desire is what God has placed in you. When you do that giving, it comes effortlessly. You don't even think about it because it's from a place. And that's why we say giving and being generous is a heart posture. It's a heart thing. It's just not, you know, a head thing. So you have people that you will uh, uh, go to or they have to give and, you know, they'll kind of weigh their options. It's a heart thing. It is a heart thing. And that is the test that will tell us whether what we are desiring from God that we, we, we are saying God has given us is being poured out to other people. So that's a test that I want you to conduct. If you have something that you believe God has given you, is this something that God gave you? Because if he gave it to you, your generosity will be effortless. The excerpt that confirms what I have expounded on about delighting ourselves in the Lord. A person who delights in the Lord has righteous desires and will not, I repeat, and will not desire anything that springs from selfish desires. No one can expect God to give something contrary to God's will or the Lord's glory. So far as our wills are attuned to the will of God, our requests will be granted. I am actually getting a lot of healing from just reading that part. It is so good. It is so good. So we have looked at definitions. We have looked at the heart and its maladies with motives and intentions and desires. We have looked in depth as to what the world looks at in a man and what God really looks at in a man, which is our motives. I want to wrap up this exploration of motives and intentions and why we do what we do um, by looking at some practical ways in which we can begin to judge ourselves by our motives more instead of our intentions. Remember, this is how God sees us. The world judges us by the behavior. We judge ourselves by our intentions. Let's go deeper. Flip it. Start judging yourselves by your motives. <laughs> it's hard. So the five Y test, this is a test. And this is the first one. The five Y test. This is the test that is used in business to evaluate why a project needs to be done. This is to get beyond the symptoms and look at the root cause. When you feel like doing something, dear sister, ask yourself the first why, and then ask it four more times. Sometimes you have to go beyond that. You will soon realize that there is something in your heart that you need to bring to God's attention, although he already knows it, okay? For example, I am so angry, I want to swear. Why do you want to swear? Because I am angry. Why are you angry? Because that guy cut me off on the highway. Why is the act of cutting you off on the highway making you angry? Because it's a sign of disrespect. Why do you think it's a sign of disrespect? Because it has happened to me so many times before as a black woman and I don't like it. See, so really that anger is misplaced. It's not about the person who cut you off. It's about disrespect. Try that, dear sister, and very soon you'll be thanking me later. 
because you come to find out that, wow, it's not really about that. Try it in your marriages, try it in your relationships, try it everywhere you go. And as I've always said, I don't give out what I haven't experienced or what I haven't tested or tried. And I have, I, I do this with myself and that's how, myself. And that's why I started to, you know, when I started my heart transformation journey, the motive part, that is the part that I am constantly having to go back and present to the Lord. Another test will be the mirror test. Hold a mirror and stare at yourself. For those of you on YouTube, I'm showing my mirror. I do it a lot. I have my mirror here and ask yourself one question. Why do you want to respond this way? Why do I want to respond this way? Seriously, looking at yourself while asking this will be so awkward. And I'm going to show you on, on YouTube. You wouldn't want to act. Why am I acting this way? Just, just the thought of my eyes looking back at me is like, okay, all right. <laughs> the third test is Never lose a friend who tells you the truth. If you have people who are blunt in your life and tell it as it is to help you grow, you should trust them because they see something that you don't see. Listen to them. The word does say the wounds of a faithful friend are to be trusted, to trust them. They are looking out for your good. We may never fully know why we do what we do. However, when we are intentional about transforming our hearts, the why behind the what will be revealed to us. Question is, are we ready to face ourselves and allow God to reveal who we are to us while he nurtures our spirits into his likeness? Bottom line, dear sister, if you cannot be honest with yourself about why you are doing what you are doing, pause and do some heart work, okay? So here are some questions to help you do that heart work that I found, and they are so good. I'm going to give it to you like it is, which is from gutquestions.org to help evaluate our motives. So to help evaluate our motives, if no one, the first one, the first one that I want you to think about, it's a question. If no one ever knows what I am doing, giving, serving, sacrificing, would I still do it? Yes or no? If there was no visible payoff for doing this, would I still do it? Would I joyfully take a lesser position if God asked me to? Am I doing this for the praise of others or how it makes me feel? If I had to suffer for continuing what God has called me to do, would I continue? If others misunderstood and criticized my actions, will I stop? If those whom I am serving never show gratitude or repay me in any way, will I still do it? Do I judge my success or failure based upon my faithfulness to what God has asked me to do or how I compare with others? Wow. So there you have it, dear sister. Motives, intentions, your three words for today is, yep, you guessed it, desires, intentions, and motives. Three thoughts for today that I want to leave you with. Number one, thought number one, while the world may judge us by our actions and only hold us accountable when our intentions are carried out, 
The Lord does hold us to a higher standard and holds us accountable by our thought life in our hearts. So if the thoughts aren't pleasant and pure in your heart, you need repentance, deliverance, and a process of getting closer to Jesus. We can be better and bitter if we choose We can be better and bitter if we choose to evaluate our motives more than our intentions. Yes, you're going to be bitter first, but then it's going to make you better because you're focused on your motives and not your intentions. Okay, so that right there, something's like, ooh, but yeah, it's true together. Knowing the why is very important. So that is why it is important to pay attention to that, okay? Using the five Y tests can help you quickly address some heart dilemmas that can make it sick. Thought number three, self-awareness begins with assessing how the woman in the mirror shows up every day. How you show up is connected to other aspects of your nature and nurture. This journey of heart transformation enables your true nurtured self to shine genuinely. When that happens, your motives, intentions become pure, okay? When that happens, your motives, intentions become pure. While you can slowly become aware of motives and intentions and work towards a pure heart, don't be too hard on yourself, dear sister. Perfection is far from us. It is far from us. It can only be found in Jesus. Perfection is biblical, con in its biblical context, it's about maturity and completion as you are sanctified. And you can find that in Hebrews 10, 14. Our hearts are being perfected the closer, deeper we get to God. So don't chase perfection, chase holiness, okay? Don't chase perfection, chase holiness. Three actions for today. Your three actions for today are, first of all, if you aren't following us on social media, what are you waiting for? Please, 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 please go, go do that. Go follow us, social media, Instagram, all those places, okay? Coaching questions for today. I already gave them to you, those questions that I want you to look at, those eight questions when it comes to how you assess your motives. Go ahead and do that. And also pray, 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 dear sister, pray. Prayer is your weapon. So pray, pray, pray. Don't stop praying. Continue to pray. It is always a great time walking in my, in my purpose of teaching and building others up in ways that are so important to us as humans and our hearts, but then also important to the Lord. I believe that everything that we do stems from the heart. And this is where peace and joy truly resides. So living free is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind. And I want you to enjoy doing that. Enjoy doing that. And hopefully you'll connect with our ministry. We connect with me and we can get the process started for you. Heart transformation, y'all, it's not, you don't, you're not meant to do this alone. That is why it is my purpose. It is my calling. And I have taken up on myself to do it. And I said, Lord, finally send me. 
and he sent me. So you don't have to do it alone. If you've been listening along with me and you're like, Kate, I truly want to transform my heart, then go to godlywomanandcompany.org and plug in with me, okay, so we can get started. My heart is full and I hope yours is too. Listen, dear sister, you don't have to do this alone. You can truly heal. You can find this freedom that you are searching for and chasing. You can find that freedom, but it requires you to lay some things down. And honestly, our motives and our desires and our intentions are those places that we sometimes don't even reveal to friends and loved ones because we believe we're not worthy. And this is where Jesus actually wants to start. Jesus wants to be. So you believe. You belong. I want you to become. Become the woman that God wants you to be. A godly woman. This person that is pursuing freedom, pursuing healing and holiness in Jesus. So I am so happy to walk this purpose with you. And it is going to be one heartbeat at a time. So let's choose to be free. Let's choose to live free. Let's choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, and exceptional women and men of God this is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and follow you always. And remember, healed people heal people. So go out into the world today and heal someone. And mind the gap when it comes to your motives, intentions, and desires. Until next time, choose to live free. I love you. Bye. <laughs>